0: Hello, Sam. Hello, James. Staying cool? Uh, Trying to. It's a hot one, folks. (laughs) It's going to be a hot one out there. It's going to be a hot one. Eat fresh. (laughs) Last Sunday, um, Pastor Dan started a sermon, um, actually introduced a sermon series about the the stories of the Bible and how God uses imperfect or broken or flawed people. Uh, We're going to just kind of expound on that a little bit because um, one is... That was last week's sermon, but also I feel like that topic has been coming up quite a bit in other conversations, um, even with our youth group and um, our conversations with each other. Uh, so we're just going to expound on that a little bit more. Um, so Acts 4.13 is kind of where we get that uh, topic, so tell, tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Acts 4, 4.13 is, is one of my favorite verses uh, because it completely dispels any myth or notion that we have to be this superhuman Christian to have an impact, right? Acts 4.13 says, when they, they being a crowd that the disciples were talking to, it says, when they perceived the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were common, uneducated men, they were in awe and realized the men had been with Jesus and they gave glory to God. And so not only does Luke, as he's writing Acts, mention that the disciples were common and uneducated men, he goes out of his way to highlight it and emphasize it and to show that it's a good thing. Because when you start with common, uneducated men, and there's teaching about God with authority and with power, what's the crowd's reaction? Oh, they had to have been with Jesus. It's got to be God. And I think that's incredible. Flawed podcast with two flawed people. Sam's breaking everything. Just like Jesus broke the societal norms I and I where we at. Where, where,
0: we, where we in that there? Before we uh, destroyed the table. <laughs> before I broke our set. Um,
1: <laughs> I just said how much I love Acts 4.13 because Luke highlights and emphasizes and shows that it's a good thing.
0: That they were common on educated men. Yeah, so my experience with that is uh, growing up with a family who my dad was the only one who went to a college, uh, two years associate degree uh, with auto mechanics, and then the culture and community we grew up in, most people didn't go to college, Um, and a lot of the pastors that I sat under didn't go to college. It was kind of the norm that most of us, by maybe um, different higher standards, we were uneducated, Uh, So I I can relate to that um, as far as the unschooled part. And I feel the same (laughs) way about myself, Um, but it does put into effect when you can't um, provide for yourself in certain ways. You Mm. can't articulate certain things. Um, If you, if you have nothing and all of a sudden you're blessed with something and it didn't come from you or anything you achieved or worked for, it only comes from God. Um, And I've, I'm not saying that you have to be poor to experience God, but there's an element to that that I have nothing to create this experience or this uh, situation. It can only be from God. Well, it's Jesus
1: saying in the Sermon on the Mount, he says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit, right? It's recognizing that we're coming before God, totally broken and empty of our own power. I mean, that's why Paul says, I'll boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses so that Christ may be shown.
0: Uh, So... I don't get the, the stance of you have to be a certain type of education, certain type of skill set, um, a perfectly clean history to be used by God. Uh, and I, I know that there are people out there that think that, which it's not true. And we see that all throughout the Bible, beginning to end, um, because none of us are perfect. Yep. The very first two people created messed up <laughs> yeah and every it didn't single take person since long. then has messed up at some point uh so that is not a notion that is correct nope. and that thought process that you have to be um, perfect or possess certain things to be used of god it's not it's actually god wants us to not have those things so that he can actually use us um, and he'd be the reason that gets, he gets the glory from it mm-hmm. uh, we don't do anything of our ourselves he gets the glory from everything and it's his plan uh, for us to have certain skill sets or experiences to be able to share with the world. Yeah. And if we're waiting to be perfect, we're being
1: disobedient because we're never going to be perfect this side of heaven. And so if, if people are sitting there saying, oh, well, I'll talk to my neighbors, I'll talk to my coworkers, I'll, I'll, I'll seek to have an impact for Christ when I'm perfect, you're going to spend your whole life sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. And you're wasting your life. You're wasting the opportunity that we all have to be a testament to God's glory right where we are. And the other thing is, too, who are you more likely to relate to? A billionaire who's perfect? Or someone who makes the same salary as you do, who trips when they walk, stumbles over their words? You know what I mean? Like spills Mm -hmm. ketchup on themselves at a barbecue? Like, no, people relate to people who are like them. And so we do no one any sort of help if we try and put on this mask this facade of oh i've got my life all together and or i'm gonna wait till i have my life all together no let god use you where you are as who you are i mean don't get me wrong god's gonna transform us Mm -hmm. daily as we surrender to him but we gotta stop waiting for this one day when then we can be used by god
0: right and uh i think of my calling in particular, um, I don't see myself as someone who should have been a candidate to be in ministry uh, as far as my personality, my my skill set. It's not always the most, I'm not always the most outgoing or uh, I'm not the most social person. So why would God choose me to speak to so many other people about him, the person who by nature, I'm not that way? And I can only give credit to him, yep. that, that's seriously it, because even when I'm not doing ministry, and even when I'm in smaller settings, I still struggle with that sometimes, I struggle to do the small things, like remember to say hi to people, as stupid as that sounds, it's a struggle sometimes, because that's just my nature, but like through the Holy Spirit, helping me and enabling me to do certain things i'm able to give him the credit Mm -hmm. and say hey like i'm not this way by nature but you're working through me uh it's all all for god's glory
1: and that's what it boils down to it's all for god's glory and so if we're waiting to be perfect oh you know i've got to be a better person for god to use me we're making it about ourselves it becomes a pride issue. It becomes a matter of our heart wanting to be the hero and wanting to be the all-star. When people look at you and they're like, oh yeah, that person is clearly you know, one of God's chosen people because he's just a model citizen and everything, you know, and it's, no, it's not about us. It's about God's glory. And it, it just all boils back to what we've been talking about that when people see broken people doing God's work, it points to God. And it doesn't point to us you know that's why the bible calls us jars of clay because we're broken imperfect vessels with lumps and misshapen handles but god can still use us and there's beauty and there's power in that and i think that's what people need to realize and be encouraged by it's not scary it's it's uplifting i mean if i walked around feeling like i had to be perfect to have an impact i wouldn't get out of my bed in the morning right because i'd be terrified like if i make one mistake it's going to ruin everything but it's not on me. It's on a perfect God. Right. And that's how we have the strength, that's how we have the power, that's how we have the love to live lives for
0: him, is through his perfectness. And I think we underestimate God's grace. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in thinking that we have to be perfect, we are underestimating Absolutely. what we, it's, there's not, I'm not saying there's so much freedom, we can just go out and do whatever we want. Right. We're striving to be holy. Yes. But I think this is the message that Christians and non-Christians need to hear. One for Christians is, hey, there's grace. You don't, you're going to mess up. That's okay. Don't put yourself down. Don't feel like you still can't be used of God. You can be. You're, mm-hmm. you're going to be imperfect. Um, but for the world who maybe they have the idea that Christians think they are perfect, or we're a goody two-shoes you know, because we, yeah. we, we try our best to live a certain way by the biblical law, they need to hear that message that, no, that is not what we think. That's the opposite of what we think. Mm-hmm. And in our United States culture, thinking that if we disagree with someone, we think that we're better than them yeah. or something like that. It's like, no, I don't agree with my own lifestyle choices sometimes. Like, you don't get it. Yeah. I, I don't think of myself any better than you. I'm telling you, all of us have sinned. Yep, And that message of grace is what I think everyone needs to hear. Absolutely.
1: That beautiful, all-encompassing message of grace, which actually will lead us perfectly into our next episode. So make sure you guys tune in for that when we talk about grace and forgiveness. But as we wrap this up, any final thoughts on the beauty of God using imperfect people?
0: Uh, the beauty is that you, no matter what financial situation you're in, no matter what uh, relationship-type situations you're in, There's there's still grace for you, and God still has a purpose for you. Yeah. No matter what the situation is. Which is awesome. Praise to God. All right, man. All right. See you later.